I'll be praying for the families that, that aren't here today because they're traveling and off and doing stuff. So um, today I want to talk to you. Um, I, I did a series called Go Fishing about evangelizing and getting out there and doing some things. And, and I want to, I want to and, and the Lord brought me back to this today. I want you to understand something. As we're going about our lives, and, and hear my heart when I'm saying this, one-tenth, and, and maybe it's not even that big, one-tenth, less than one-tenth of one percent of our lives cause an impact in here. You understand what I'm saying by that? The rest of our impact in our lives should be out there. By the way we act, by the way we talk, by the way we walk, by the, what we do, by what we say, by what we believe, by what we confess. Now, I'm not talking about being perfect. If you're talking, looking at perfection, you are in the wrong place. Follow me around for 12 minutes. You'll find out. Not a perfect man. Ask my wife. She can tell you in 30 words or less. <laughs> not a perfect man. But the righteousness of Christ in him. He's the one that makes the difference. But my point is, is that the kingdom of God is within us, and we need to take it out there, not so much worrying about it in here. We have to worry about it in here, but what should we do? We should be coming together here to do what? To celebrate, to get fed, to get built up, to get excited, to go out and minister out there. There's only so much ministry you can do in here. You know, I can minister and minister and minister to them, Guess what? They're already saved. What I can do is maybe help give them some keys to live a, a more successful Christian walk. But ultimately, we're talking about making an impact in our region and in, out there in our communities and where we work. That's where we've got to be living. That's where it's got to happen. But as I was thinking about all this and I was praying, I was talking about last week about you know, the seven keys to effective evangelism or tips or whatever you want to call them. I got thinking as people are out there, it's not an easy world today. It's not an easy life. Even if things are going good, even if you are in a situation financially, you're okay. Even if you're in a situation, your health is okay. How many of you just, things are all right, and you wake up one day and you just feel like the world is just standing on your head, jumping up and down? Am I the only one that feels that way? There's those, yeah, you feel that way too. Praise God, I'm not alone. I'm preaching to you, brother. <laughs> you know? And the thing of it is, is that those times when things aren't, even when things are good and then, but, but something's not right, in those times, what do we do? I want you to understand something very clearly. First of all, you've got to understand who you are in Christ. All right? You are the righteousness of Christ. The righteousness. It's not our righteousness, it's his righteousness that make us good. There's nothing we can do or not do. It's going to make him love you any more or any less. Can't. He says, I'm love, that means he's love. He's also a judge. Don't forget that part of it. But let him do the judging. Not my job. I don't want that responsibility anyway. Now, so where am I going with this? Understand that he is our refuge. And I'm going to talk about refuge today because I don't care where you're at in life. At some point in your life, you're going to go through something where you're going to need a refuge. Now, in the world, in society right now, we got people, you know, now I don't watch this a lot, but once in a while I'm channel surfing and they've got this, um, 
oh, what in the heck is it called? The people are going off the grid. But they got these people that have got these shelters, man. They're built 20, 20 stories. On... Preppers. Yes, they're called preppers. Doomsday preppers, that's what it was. Doomsday preppers. And, and they're building all this stuff underground. They're building what? They're building themselves a refuge to protect them from the world. Now listen, and, and I remember, you know, at the millennia, you know, Y2K, people went Y2 crazy. Um, and, and it's okay, I understand, but there was a whole fear-based thing, and, and people were saying, well, I'm going to get 40, 400 cows because if something happens, I got milk, and then we've got cows, and we got beef, and we got this, and I'm thinking, the problem is if things get bad, somebody's going to come and shoot you and take your cow. I don't care how many guns you got. I'm not against guns, but I'm just saying. Well, you better put your faith and your trust and your hope. Jesus Christ needs to be your refuge. Because here's my thing. If I had 400 cows and 400 people show up, I'd give them all a cow, and then if they shot me, I'd go to heaven anyway, and I'm done with it. Don't need the cows. You know what I'm saying? Your refuge has to be in Christ. All right? When things don't go your way or things are difficult, where do you turn? Where do you turn? I mean, I've got my wife, but guess what? She can't solve all my problems some of the times because i got big ones. She'd have to be two times genius to figure out some of my issues, have all kinds of degrees. But see, here's what happens. Where are, where's your refuge? Where are you safe? You're in, in your house, in your town, in your school, where? Where are you going to go to find peace and salvation? Where's that refuge? See, many are going to all the wrong places to find it. Leaving churches, leaving relationships, leaving God. Today, you've got to completely and totally dwell in the presence of God. You say, well, how do I do that? How can I dwell in the presence of God when I'm out there with a chainsaw in my hand? That would be a good time to pay attention to what you're doing so they don't start calling you stumpy. Just saying. All right? But in the presence of God... This is our refuge. I want to go to Psalms 46 and verse 1. And this is what it says. God is our refuge. He is your refuge. It doesn't say he will be. It doesn't say he might be. He doesn't say he was. It says he is. God is, is ever present in your, in your time of trouble. He is your refuge. But when, when things are going good. He's your refuge. When things are going bad, he's your refuge. See, that's the thing. Sometimes what happens is we, things are going good and we say, woo! And I heard a man say this. Man, things are going good. The Lord is with me. And things are going bad. Well, the Lord isn't with me. Wrong! Good, he's with you. Bad, he's with you. Ugly, he's with you. He's not going to leave you. And he's not going to leave you alone either. Huh? I, me and him want to talk about that because I'm like, will you just leave me alone? Can I just, can I just have this? No? Leave me alone, will you? Kind of like a nagging parent. You ever had a nagging parent? Clean that room, clean that room, clean that room. But mom, in my eyes, it is clean. See, in my eyes, I'm doing good, God. But see, he is your refuge. Now, what is that word refuge? Shelter. Now, here's the word I like. God is our refuge. That word means trust. He is our trust. Wow. I'm going to make a statement here. Let me see if I can find it. 
Okay, here it is. Trust, or you could call it even faith. Do you know trust is only as good as the one you put it in? Trust is only as good as what you put your trust in. If you put your trust in your pastor being perfect and doing everything right all the time, you will be sadly disappointed. Sadly. Put your trust in him. He'll never leave you. He'll never make mistakes. He'll never let you down. He'll never forsake you. He can, you can put your trust in him. And it's a good place to put it. You can put your trust in the economy for your money if you want to, but it's only as good as the trust of where you're putting it. Our trust is in Christ. That's where we need to put it. So I like that word. It says, God is our trust and your strength. Anybody felt just kind of weak any time in their life where it's just like I just... Listen, you know, I, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a minister. I pastor a couple of churches, and... I've been a Christian a long time, and you know that there are still days where I get up and I just say, I don't want to do this anymore. Well, what do you mean? Uh, yeah, being a Christian, yeah, yeah, I'm going to be a Christian, but I just don't want to do this anymore. I don't want the responsibility of doing it. I don't want the headache of doing it. I don't want, I just, and that could be anything. I'm not talking about the ministry. I'm talking about, I just don't want to be a dad today. Because the kids are running. I, I just, I'm, now I'm not a mom, obviously, but moms, there must be days where you're like, I don't, I want to change my name. I don't want my name to be mom anymore. Well, I hear all day, mom, 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 mom. And then once in a while, it's a dad. Hey, mom, they're calling. Dads are good at that. When I hear my name, hey, dad. Hey, hope needs something. I'm preaching truth today. Come on now. But see, God is our, our shelter. He's our trust. He's our strength. That word strength, I like this too. That word strength means boldness. He's our, he's our trust and he's our boldness. He, not me, him. You know, anything you're getting good, it comes from him, not from me. Trust me. Or trust him. <laughs> now, here's what I want to say. Let's go on. A very, a very, very means pretty important. Very present. He is very present. He is a very present help in time of trouble. So, he is our trust. He is our boldness. He is our strength. A very, and he is always on the scene in times of trouble. Yes, thank you, Jesus. So when you're going through things, he is very present. The problem we have is we don't acknowledge that or look to him. We immediately try to figure it out ourselves. Instead of saying, first of all, let me find my peace. Uh, you're my trust. You're my boldness. You're my peace. You're my ever-present time of trouble. I mean, I will give you an example, not that I'm real proud of this, but I am, this is a bad confession, and I know this. I am a mechanical idiot. That's not a bad confession, it's just a truth. 
If you bring your car to me and it's saying, well, it's doing a clunk, 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 I can take it apart. It won't do clunk, clunk anymore. <laughs> but it won't woo, room, room anymore either. <laughs> All right? So we've got this golf cart, and we store it for the winter in, my, in this, this garage my brother's got. My wife calls that her convertible. That's as close she's going to get. All right? Of course, I better not say that, because the minute I say that, anyway. All right? And so there was a, I have to put the battery and stuff in, and, 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 so, and then you've got this metal strap that you've got to put down. It's got some rubber over it to hold the battery in. Well, it got arcing against the thing, and I mean, there was, you know, and I'm, you know. And so the thing of it is, is that at that particular moment, and, and when all that, I, I was like, you know what? I am so done with this thing. Let me just pour some gas on it and go poof. The Lord at that particular moment was not who I was putting my trust. He wasn't bringing me my peace. I had no joy. But guess what? I was trying to do it myself. If I would have listened to what, I hate doing this, would have listened to what my wife said. I hate admitting that. All right? She said, why don't we just leave it, pray about it, come back to it tomorrow. It's getting done today. <laughs> Guess what? All the peace went right out of it because it was about me now. It's like, it's on, golf cart. It's mano y mano or mano y whatever it is. It's me against you. I will say, the cables are in. The thing's running. It's got no little metal plate. I don't know what I'm going to do yet. I'm figuring out how to strap that thing down some other way. That's all I'm saying. Something, man. Praise God. So anyway, where was I going with all that? At that particular, I'm not sure, but it was a great story. But see, at that particular time, I did not allow God to come onto the scene. And you can do it in your lives too. I'm going to take care of this myself. Well, how's that turning out for you? Sometimes not so good. Now, I wasn't trying to be Benny Hinn or anything, throwing my jacket like that. I was just, it was just, I got it caught up in the moment about me and that. Me, I'm, see, I'm traumatized by a golf cart. <laughs> so where is this refuge that you're talking about, preacher? Listen, yeah, I've got some problems. And, of course, you know, we, we've got visitors here, and we get new visitors, and I meet them. I like to pick on them, you know. But God could be your refuge when that puck doesn't go in the net the way you want it to. In your times of distress, whatever that is. I'll tell you what, some of the most stressful people I've ever seen when we're playing a leisurely round of golf. Golf is not a stress-free sport. In ancient times, men beat the, beat the ground with sticks and cursed. Today they call it golf. It's craziness. Okay? But where is your refuge? Psalms 91 in verse 1. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Where is this refuge? This refuge is in this secret place. It's not really a secret at all. It is in the presence of the Almighty. And you're saying, well, I've got to, I'm having such a bad day, I've got to get home and get in His presence. Wrong. You are in his presence all the time because he is in you. 
He is with you. All you've got to do is stop, acknowledge that, say, Lord, I need your peace. I need your presence. He is, he is, he is very present in your time of trouble. So when you're time of trouble, know that he is there. Whether or not you can feel him does not matter. You can't feel gravity, but it's there. You don't trust me? Jump up, get up on the roof and jump. Gravity's real. So is the presence of God. You, you, some of you don't have to jump off the roof. Some of you just have to go as far as five feet, whatever, and you'll find out there's gravity. In the dark, you know, going through the living room when your wife has changed the furniture and the coffee tables where it's not used to be. Gravity. Gravity and praying in tongues. See, the Lord needs to be your refuge. We need to put our trust in Him. There's a lot of people dealing with lots of things in life. Big things, little things, it doesn't matter. Because a big thing to you may be nothing to me. My big thing may mean nothing to you. Because we do this a lot. My daughter, she's 16. She's 16. Pray for me. All right? And... She comes in when she's problems, and in my adult brain, my 55-year-old brain, I'm thinking, what's the big deal? That's nothing. To her, that is life-shattering, mind-blowing. It's the biggest thing. I'm going to die. I'm sure of it. To her, right there, she needs that because everybody's dealing with things. Whether you think that it's big or little, we're dealing with them. We've got to know where to go and who our refuge really is. We put our trust and our faith and our hope in so many things other than Him. See, God is trustworthy. Proverbs chapter 3 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. We don't understand all the time how God does things or why God does things or the way things are supposed to work. Trust that He knows what He's doing. When bad things happen to people, they come and say, why did this happen? I do not know. I know this. The devil, the Bible is very clear. The enemy comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. That's it. So anything bad happens fits in those three categories. Okay? But the Bible says God came to give life and life more abundant. So quit blaming God for a tree falling in your car. Because the insurance company says, act of God. It wasn't an act of God. God isn't up there saying, I don't like the color of that car. Drop a tree on it. No. Steal, kill, destroy. Now, if you want to get into the prophetic thing and judgment and catastrophes, that's, that's a different animal. It's not what I'm talking about. Okay? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lead on on your own understanding. Now, I want to get back to that all your heart for just a second. Because, listen, when I, in my younger Christianity, and I would, I'd read things like, with all your heart, I would strain so hard. God, I just want you to have all of my heart. <laughs> that, and, and, and it always felt like, I just, how do I give you all of my heart? Give him whatever you know to give him to the best of your ability. Start with that. And then pretty soon, he'll, he'll consume your heart. But, but see, we, we, start, we, try to start at the, we try to start at the end instead of the beginning. Start where you start. Start to start. Start where you're at. All your heart. 
Love him with all your heart. My thing is it's just first just by start loving him. Hey, love you. Because so many Christians, I don't know how to do this Christian thing. Start loving him. That's where you start. And you'd be amazed at how all of a sudden you start spending a little bit of time, time reading and all of a sudden the Lord starts speaking to you. Well, you know, maybe you need to change that. Maybe you need to start doing this. Or maybe he, you know, I, I've watched more and more people over, over my lifetime as a Christian that didn't know how to do something. They start praying and God would give them wisdom and they got it figured out. I'll tell you what, have you ever been in financial situations and you just don't know what to do, so let me go get a fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth job? Maybe. That's fine. But maybe you should just pray. Say, Lord, show me what I need to do. Maybe I need to take scissors to a credit card or two. Maybe I don't need to be watching QVC at 3 o'clock in the morning. God will show you ways. He will. So let me go on. Lean not on your own understanding. That word trust, trust in the Lord, it means puts confidence in him. That word understanding means insight. The way we observe and think and see things are not the way God sees them. You see, we can look at somebody and we can immediately have an opinion of what we think about them. But the way God sees them isn't the way we see them. Not the way we see them. God sees worth in people that we don't see anything in. In all your ways, okay, in verse 6, Proverbs 3 now, in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. That word ways in Hebrew is derek. It means road, course, or mode of action. And any road that you are on, any course that you take, or any mode of action that you are in, acknowledge him in it. I know that this brother back here, when he's out there making the ice go away, all right? Now, I've got to believe, now, if you've ever been out in the big lake, I mean, out there in the big, big lake, where you can't see land anywhere. I mean, it's like being on the ocean. That can be kind of hairy. You know, there's 600 feet of water below you. And there's ice. And if something happens and you start to sink, unless the helicopter gets there pretty quick, you're going to be a popsicle. Okay? And so at that time, he's still got to, he's, I'm sure of it, that he's acknowledging God and everything that he's doing. Lord, I know that you're with me. Lord, I acknowledge you. Lord, we're praying. Lord, help us. Lord, give us wisdom. While they're doing whatever, whatever course and mode you're in, whatever you're doing, acknowledge him in it. In your job, acknowledge him. You may hate your job. Ask yourself this. I remember, I remember a time I was begging God for a job. He provided one for me. Six months later, I'm complaining about that very job that God provided. And God checked me hard on it. Said, I thought you asked me for this. Yeah, I did, but. But I want it different now. Listen, if you're not satisfied, pray. Ask God to open the door. But be faithful where you're at until such time. And acknowledge him where you're at. Because I'm going to tell you something. I truly believe this. Wherever you're at, Christ is there. Because he's in you. And you have an opportunity to be a light to a dark world. Because remember we said last week, as Christians, we like being light in the light. 
guess what? I mean, you don't really need my light. <laughs> Somebody needs your light out there. Am I making sense to anybody today? I'm having fun. If nobody else is, praise God I am. All right. In verse 6, in all your ways acknowledge him, he shall direct your paths. And that word, in all your ways acknowledge him, that means, that, that Hebrew word means to know. So in all your ways, know him. Know him in everything that you're doing. And he'll direct your paths, and I like that. <clears throat> you know, a lot of times, you, I just don't know what to do. I don't know which direction. Lord, guide me. And then trust that he is guiding you and take a step. And trust. See, acknowledge isn't a mental acknowledgement. It's an intimate knowing. Okay? I know my wife. I don't just acknowledge her. Okay? The highest level of this intimacy is direct intimate contact. So spending time with something, like spending time with the Lord, in, enhances that. And it gives you a, a, what's the word I'm looking for? It strengthens that relationship. Husbands and wives, for the most part, the more time you spend together, the stronger your relationship comes. Now, there are times where you say, you need to go to the garage, honey. I've had, a, I've had enough personal time for today. See, in all of your ways, each day, maintain direct contact, intimate contact with the Lord, and he'll direct your paths. He'll direct your paths. So in this place of refuge, so we've, we've talked, we've covered a lot of ground this morning. We talked about that we need this refuge. He's our refuge, very present help in the time of trouble, and that the refuge we're seeking is in his presence. His presence is a refuge. Now, in this place of refuge, what do we do? Be still and know that he's God. Listen, for ADHD people like me, being still is hard. It's hard business, you know? I was the kid that would come home, come in from recess and run around my desk. Four teachers, man. Not because I was trying to be bad. I just couldn't get myself settled down. You'd have loved me. See, be still and know that he's God. In whatever circumstance you're in, he's still God. Whether it's good, whether it seems bad to you, whether it's hard, he's still God. Be still. And we're not talking about, you know, got to be still. I know he's God. I'm not going to move. I'm going to be still. He's saying be at peace. Get to that place. Where, okay, in the middle of this chaos, you're still God. You're still my refuge. You're not going to leave me. You're not going to forsake me. You still love me, even if I made a mistake. And look at what it says. Be still and know that I am God. And I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. That word be still, oh, this is going to be hard for some of you. Let go. Some of you need to let go of hurt. Some of you need to let go of offense. 
Some of you need to let go of the hate, the frustration. Some of you need to let go of the control. Be still, let go. And that word no, have intimate or possess a knowledge. Have intimate knowledge of something. Be still and have this intimate knowledge of Christ. And you'll know he's God and he will be exalted, not only in your life, but in the entire earth. So I'm going to wind it up and I just want to, I want to ask you, Your refuge. He's your refuge and your strength. He's present. Very present. The secret place is in his presence. Lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways. And in that place of refuge, be still and know that all these things we talked about are yours. So what I want to do today is we're going to, they're going to play, and I'm just going to pray for you before we leave. And if this kind of spoke to you today, like, you know what, preacher, I'm, I'm in one of those places where I just need to be still and know, I, I need this refuge. Hopefully, this message helped you understand that the Lord is not hiding from you. Refuge is a place of safety. I used to live in Brimley, and we had a bay, and you'd have four or five tankers lined up in the bay because there was a big storm in the big lakes, so they just, they just hunker down in the bay. They weren't freaking out now. They were just sitting there at peace and it was the coolest thing because it would be night and it might be storming and you'd see their lights and, and they were safe. In the middle of your storm, you are safe. And here's the thing that so many people have to understand. The Bible says, ask, seek, not. But it's not like God's hiding. What he's asking you to do is to ask me, please, I'm right here. And it'll be given. He's not hiding. He wants you to be your refuge. He is our refuge. Just look to him. So if that's you today, you just said, you know, yeah, I've been, it's been, listen, I understand because sometimes when I have days and weeks, I know if spiritually things are affecting me, I know that it's affecting you. I know it. You know, I mean, I, we have our own personal battles, but I know in a spiritual sense, I, you know, and the people that are intercessors and to pray for us, I know if I'm getting hit, you're probably getting hammered because <laughs> you're in the front lines praying spiritually. So I want to pray for you today. I want you to understand something, that this refuge that you're seeking, the kingdom of God is within you. It's always with you. It's not something you have to go find. You just have to be still and know. Sometimes that's hard, being still. Sometimes it's shutting this thing off. Because I don't know about you, when it gets me, is just when I lay my head down at sleep, I'm just exhausted. It's like, finally I can go to sleep, and I mean, bang. hundred thoughts start wheeling. You know, and, oh, and for me, it's like, oh, so-and-so wasn't in church today. And, oh, okay, what did I say last week that might have upset them, defend them, they're not coming back. You know, just an example of one of the little things. But they start going. That's when you have to say, stop, peace, be still, and know that he's God. So let me pray for you today. Father, I thank you for these people. Lord, we all, every single one of us need a refuge because we all go through things and some difficult physical things, emotional things, mental things, 
sicknesses, diseases, but you are our refuge. You'll never leave us or forsake us. You are very present in a time of trouble. So Lord, renew our minds to exactly who you are and who we are in you. We are your righteousness through you. And Lord, I pray for the peace that passes all understanding that comes from being in your ref- at your, you being in your presence, at being you being our refuge. I pray that over each and every person today, Lord, I give you praise and glory and honor. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Well, guys, thanks for hanging in there with me today. Give the Lord a big hand clap as you go. Greet somebody. Uh, May 18th, 11 o'clock, Superior Cafe. And uh, God bless you guys. Have a great week. God is our refuge and our strength.